0: Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to episode two of the Guitar Guts podcast with me, Mark Murray. Today, my guest is not your typical chef. It's Chef Brian Sow. He's got a brand new show called Chop and Shred on YouTube. You could look it up. It's half cooking show, half guitar. So click the link down in the descriptions if you want to watch that. You could follow my guest on Instagram at Chef Brian Sow. Again, his name is in the description below. We talked about how he got his start with guitar, music, cooking, um, his family life, um, real fun conversation, interesting guy, so you're going to enjoy this one. Each week you could find this podcast on iTunes if you want the audio version, Stitcher also has it, or come over to YouTube and you can see the video version, so if you want to see the gear we're talking about, it's all there. So please subscribe on iTunes and YouTube to support the show as much as possible. You can email me, mark at if you have any questions, concerns, comments, anything like that. Also, on Instagram you can message me, at guitar guts, follow me there, I post every single day on there. On YouTube I'm posting a couple times a week too. So let me tell you about the supporter of this show real quick, Iron Age Guitar Accessories. They make these awesome kill switches that I put on a lot of my guitars. It's a little button that when you press it, it cuts the signal out of the guitar so you can play little rhythms, play cool uh, percussive almost like things with it. Really awesome accessories, they have guitar picks, they have all kinds of things. This one's the Stealth model, it's all black. You can see it kind of blends in with this black stripe on the guitar. And they make all different colors. You can get ones with LEDs built into them so they light up to match your guitar. You can get ones chrome, black, gold, so it matches your hardware. Different colors inside, green, white, um, red I've seen. A whole line of them, so go check out ironageaccessories.com go, and enter GG-10, you're gonna get 10% off, and then they're gonna know that you're coming from me, so they'll continue to support the show. Thanks so much, Iron Age accessories. Now let's get into the show. Chef Bryant Sal. All right. Well, welcome to the show. Chef Bryant Sal. How's it going, dude? I'm
1: doing good. How are you doing? How, how about you? What's going on with you?
0: Not a whole lot. It's beautiful Sunday and drinking some coffee and talking to an awesome shredder out of New York.
1: <laughs> you and I both, my friend.
0: Oh, it's well it's, cheers. You drink you drink coffee all day too?
1: I do. I do. I'm, I'm running on fumes. It's been a pretty intense few days. Oh, man. Um, you know, it's it's always intense with my line of work, but um, it's been particularly intense lately. Uh, I was on the Stern Howard Stern wrap-up show on Friday morning. I normally don't get up that early because I work late hours due, due to the business that I'm in. Um, And then there's just a lot of uh, lead-up to press and things like that that I have to be on top of. And the official press release for, oh, I'm sorry, not press for the appearance on the wrap-up show. Um, I guess I could kind of informally announce it here as well. I have a fundraiser going on May 9th called Small Bites of Hope in partnership with a nonprofit called Hope for the Day, which is a uh, mental health awareness and suicide prevention group. the event is going to be hosted at one of Chris Santos's restaurants. Chef Chris Santos of Chopped fame—he's one of the regular judges there. He's also my boss over at Beauty in Essex, the owner of Beauty in Essex. They have locations in California, um, in Vegas, as well as in here in New York, obviously. So we're partnering up um, to do this event to, to benefit Hope for the Day for mental health awareness and it's also co-hosted by uh, Jesse Leach of Killswitch Engage.
0: Oh man, that's cool.
1: Yeah, yeah. So it's uh, a lot of stuff that had to has have, had to come together by Friday for a Monday official press release. So like I said, just a lot of crazy craziness leading to today, but I'm glad to be here. I am glad to be speaking to you kind of in person. I guess this is this is about as good as it's going to get. Being that we're bi-coastal, right? Yeah, I think so. Um, yeah, yeah, but uh, yeah, I'm I'm ready to talk shop with you, talk guitars.
0: All right. Well, if anyone hasn't noticed yet, Brian is a, a master chef. I mean, this guy's killing. It. If you go on his Instagram page, there's not really any other guitar player chef combinations that I can think of out there. I mean, there's probably some decent chef guitarists, but nobody who's like a, a specialist in both, like you.
1: Right. I mean, uh, thank you very much, by the way. I I really appreciate that, those kind words. Um, I guess, uh, you know, I'm one of the first or maybe, you know, one of the few uh, chefs who really uh, puts themselves out there as far as not just a chef, but also a musician and a guitar enthusiast. I've been playing guitar longer than I've been a chef. Um, So it's obviously a big part of my life. It's something I greatly enjoy. And while I did kind of put it on the back burner for a period of time due to the demands of my chefing career, I'm really fortunate now I've gotten to the point in my chefing career where I can kind of, um, where I can now kind of incorporate the two, uh, put the two together and put it out there. And now we have the means, you know, with social media to put it out there, you know, these weird combinations of, again, a chef and a and a guitar player or slash musician, but also there's, you have that freedom with the social media age these days. So um, uh, while I've, it's really cool to see on social media, I have people hit me up after I post photos, oh, I'm a chef too, and I also like guitar, or I also like music. Um, It's really cool to see that some of the stuff I'm doing is inspiring people to want to do something similar as well.
0: Your your tagline, not your typical chef, it goes along with that really good, and you even started a new. Uh, it's what it's not called a podcast, right? It's a a YouTube show, is that what it is?
1: Yeah, I I always call it a web series. Um, so the web series is called Chop and Shred. I actually have to give uh, a shout out to my buddy Ollie Herbert of All That Remains. He was the one that uh, coined the the show title. Um, at NAM, this past NAM, we were hanging out at this past NAM, and I was telling him I have this idea. I want to do at, for everyone who's listening. Um, Chop and Shred is a web web series in partnership with themusiczoo.com, an amazing uh, retail uh, guitar retailer based here in the United States or based here in New York. Uh, Chop and Shred is one part guitar nerd show one part cooking show all awesome it's just for it's just literally taking the two passions of my life smushing it into one completely unapologetically and uh it's it's just a, a whole lot of fun so before i even had the name i was just kind of talking about the idea with Ollie during nam and he was the one that's that said call it chop and trip so
0: it's a cool name and i watched the first episode i loved it you did a, a line 6 demo playing some cool music and then you switched over and you uh you were teaching us how to make eggs,
1: right? Right. Yeah. Uh, I, you know, <laughs> eggs is is a, like a touchy subject for me in the cooking world because I think it's something, an ingredient that a lot of people take for granted. I feel like it's a lot. It's something that is often cooked, quote unquote, wrong. There's really. I always say there's also no wrong way to cook anything because who's writing the rule books here? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but with that said. In a professional setting, there's still a right way to do things, right, or or a, a, a widely accepted way of doing things. So something like sunny-side-up eggs I felt like was really basic, but also at the same time with a couple of tips here and there, you could really bring your game up a couple steps. Uh, but yeah, you know, eggs, man, I mean, it's one of the key ingredients in any kitchen. It's so versatile, and there's so many things you could do with it.
0: I, I'm going to be watching because I'm not a very good cook myself, so... I'm going to be interested to – I hope you keep up with like the, the basic stuff like you know eggs. That's perfect for a guy like me.
1: Yeah, that's um, kind of the whole idea of it is to kind of keep it basic and straightforward, um, something I am developing right now. And I guess you get the exclusive. A lot of people – or no one knows this yet because only the first episode comes out. But with each consecutive episode after, for example, five episodes, you'll actually be able to combine the episodes – and make an entire dish Ah, so yeah so when you see episode two it'll be another component of a dish without you realizing it because i'm just showing you one basic technique and then episode three will be another component but then after we get to five or six maybe seven episodes then it'll be time to put a whole dish together and then before you know it you're cooking gourmet food right at home
0: that's awesome i like that yeah so you said you've been playing guitar longer than you've been cooking How did you get Mm -hmm. your start playing guitar? What was your first guitar? like? How long ago did you start playing?
1: Uh, I'm really glad you asked that question because my parents are moving out of their house right now, and I actually got to unearth my first instrument, I will say. Um, First I'll say is my first instrument was actually the bass guitar. Uh, I, I remember being like 11, 12 years old and watching MTV, and the Red Hot Chili Peppers were doing some live performance, I think, on the VMAs or the, you know, something like that, right? Mm-hmm. One of those award shows and the, the Chili Peppers were playing and I was just magnetized to flee. Just the way he jumped around and his energy and, um, you know, it was the song Give It Away. And there was just so much energy, it was so funky, it was so much fun. I wanted to learn how to play bass from that moment on. I remember from that moment I was saying to myself, I got to learn how to play an instrument. I got to learn how to play the bass. Wow. And it turns out my half-brother, who I'm very close with, um, played bass. And it kind of shocked the hell out of me. And I said, oh my God, please, (laughs) show me how to play the bass. And you know, he was, at that time, 15, I was... 11 12 he didn't want to have anything to do with me you know or to show me how to play bass so he said how about i give you one a bass and that just to me was the most the, the coolest most amazing thing in the world so he gave me his bass i had no idea what i was doing i was just kind of plucking strings i i wasn't sure what you did with this hand Mm -hmm. on the fretboard at the time. So it was just kind of like moving up and down and the action was so high I couldn't even press the strings down. But uh, that bass was a harmony student model. Um, A real piece of crap. (laughs) But I still have it to this day. When I was at my parents' house uh, helping them move, I got to hold it in my hands again. And while it does kind of belong in the trash, it's something I'll never throw out.
0: Yeah, that's a theme. Nobody ever should get rid of their first instruments. Do you remember what the fir- – the, was it Red Hot Chili Peppers? were that the first song you started learning?
1: Um, so I got that bass, and this is where things <laughs> kind of get funny and weird. I got that bass, and I said, okay, I want to take bass lessons. And uh, I go to a music store, and I say, I want to take bass lessons. And, of course, before they throw you into classes, they ask you a few questions. What are your interests? What are you looking to play? Blah, blah, blah. So after the guy started speaking to me at the guitar store, he said, sounds like you actually want to play the guitar more than anything. And I said, okay. And he said, and you know, if you get a basic grasp of the guitar, you can, you know, play the basics on a bass as well. So I said, oh, a two and one. I'll take it. I'm down for that. So I I think it was a ploy for him to sell me a guitar (laughs) (laughs) because uh, I ended up going back home. I told my dad I want to buy a guitar. I said, sure. Uh, you can just, you can work for me for the summer and then I'll buy you a guitar. So I said, sure, no problem. I worked the summer.
0: What kind of work did you do?
1: Uh, it, so my father's an auto mechanic. He had, he's, uh, he still has an auto repair shop. So I was doing things like sweeping the yard, wiping shelves down, cleaning the restrooms, you know, restocking toilet paper, restocking shelves, just basic grunt work around the station. Um, You know if they if he needed me to uh, unload a truck with some boxes of oil or something i would help him and his crew with that so i did that for an entire summer saved up about 300 bucks went back to the guitar store and said what can i get with this so the guy at the guitar store sold me a plywood kramer (laughs) wow yeah so the it was a kramer guitar import and when i you know, years later, because I still have that guitar, when I cracked open the cavity, I was—I found out it was made of plywood. Plywood guitar, some PV solid-state amp, and a really crappy guitar cable that was maybe that long. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, that was my first setup, man. And I loved it to death. I, I played the shit out of that thing. So I believe maybe the second song I learned was a chili pepper song you and it was when at that time it's when californication came out can't remember what that first uh not the first single the second single for the for that californication album but there was this really there was this slide solo that he showed me how to play without the slide because it was actually very basic in nature and when he showed me and you could do it with one finger too so i remember playing that in thinking it was the coolest thing in the world that I could play along to one of my favorite bands.
0: That's pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. You're a big gearhead. I noticed you are always getting new guitars and decking them out. You've probably come a long way since your first, your harmony bass and all that stuff. Oh, yeah. What oh, yeah. What are you mainly playing? Because I've seen you're playing, you're working on like Wolfgang's. I think you have like a an Explorer, um, Warmoth custom guitars. What's your main yeah. go-to a- axes?
1: It's It's real. So... I'll show you right now. Actually, he's
0: got his rack right here full of guitars. Black Gang.
1: Yeah. So this is the guitar I go to ninety percent of the time when I'm at home. Uh, when I when my daughter wakes up and I'm making her breakfast, uh, not making her breakfast, but letting her eat her breakfast, and I'm just kind of sipping on my coffee. I'll just you know. I'll noodle around on this guitar. This is the guitar I go to all the time. If I'm sitting on the couch and watching some TV and I want to practice on my sweeps and things like that, this is the guitar. Um, when it comes to recording, it's a com- that's a completely different story. I really like to pick the guitar that's best suited for the song. Um, so when it comes to that, the guitar that ends up getting used the most is actually this guy. So this is an ESP LTD Ben Weinman guitar. It's the first guitar I got that has an Evertune bridge. Um, And I, this is an older one, the original one had EMGs in it. I had them switched out for the Fishman Fluence, Tosin Abasi model. And the reason why I end up going to this guitar so often, not only because it plays almost flawlessly, but, you know, I don't have to deal with tuning issues when I record you know i don't have to retune after every take but it has three very specific voicings and between the hollow body design you know the the wood construction of that classic kind of you know gibson mahogany back maple top rosewood fingerboard things like that um i can get a lot of classic tones out of this because it has that active sound uh, active sound setting a passive sound setting and a single coil sound setting so this is the guitar for recording i end up going to most of the time.
0: That Evertune Bridge, what's the, what's the deal with that thing? I've heard about them, but I don't know a lot about them.
1: So Evertune Bridges, let me tell you a little something about Evertune Bridge. <laughs> so uh, Evertune Bridges, It's. Uh, I may not be doing the explanation justice. An Evertune Bridge is, okay, let me, let me backtrack a little. A floating tremolo, Floyd Rose floating tremolo. You ever notice when you get it set up just right? the thing stays in tune flawlessly mm-hmm. right like you no matter how hard you strum it no matter how hard you hit the bar if everything's set up properly a floating tremolo guitar just works amazingly well mm-hmm. and you know that's because it's based on tension of the bridge the springs the strings and all that stuff so every time you hit it it's always fluctuating on that tension i would say the evertune bridge kind of works on that principle but each individual string is on its own tension spring. And depending on how you set it between all the adjustment points, when you hit that string, that spring is fluctuating to keep it at that set point so that the string never goes out of tune. Wow. Now, it'll still work because as you make the string shorter, it'll ring out a different note, but it'll still carry that same tension. So not only does the tuning stability improve, but the intonation across the entire fingerboard stays in tune, which is amazing. Like When you start using it, you, you get addicted. I've had four guitars already retrofitted with um, Evertune Bridges. Wow. Yeah. Um, so this Warmoth guitar, this is one of the first guitars that I put together myself with Warmoth. Not one of the first, but one of the first. Let me one of the first successful ones that mm. I put together that was successful, but there was just, it was a six point Strat style tremolo and it just didn't, it, it didn't vibe properly. You know, something you ever have a guitar that everything is set right. Everything is designed properly, but it just doesn't vibe properly. Absolutely. There's just something slightly off. Um, so this, this was one of those guitars and putting that EverTune bridge kind of solved all those problems. So, you'll see it's been retrofitted onto there, and it's on this, it's on my Gibson Explorer. Some people thought I was crazy for getting an EverTune retrofitted onto a Gibson Explorer. I was scared to death of doing it, but um, you know, this particular Explorer, the neck wood is a little unstable. I find that it's very sensitive. I know I'm going off on a tangent,
0: but- That's fine with me, I, I, I love
1: it. I, yeah, I really just love the EverTune bridges. Um, so the main reason why I got into the Evertune Bridges is because I, time is like really, really valuable to me. I'm I'm extremely busy. I don't have much time, you know, between being a father, having a full-time career in the chefing business and wanting to do my music as well as this YouTube channel that I'm doing, uh, I have very limited time. And on top of that, I, I want to try to hit the gym as, as much as possible, right? So With the Evertune Bridges, like I don't have to keep tuning between each take. It's it's perfect in perfect tune once I pick up the guitar from the start of the session to the end of the session. And that literally it like saves me maybe an hour of time -hmm. when I'm recording when I'm recording a track. And you know, that's that's a lot of time to save. So if I try to work on five, six songs a month. Um, you know, that's five six hours. That's five six hours I could be applying to something else. So that was my main reason. And I and people ask me all the time, does it affect your tone? Absolutely, but for what you get out of it, it's it's just. I think the benefits outweigh the the, the flaws that you get out of it. I don't remember what the original question was. You asked me about EverTune bridges, but that's my EverTune spiel.
0: Yeah, well, I'm gonna have to look into it. I've never even played one before, but I remember it. Are are they exclusive to LTD?
1: No, no, not at all. Um, ESP Ltd. Are kind—I think—was the first major, if I'm not mistaken, the first uh, major company to have them re- retrofitted onto their guitars. So, it'll their guitars will be the easiest ones to find to have them uh, factory installed. But you can go onto EverTune.com. You can look up the installation program. You can send in one of your guitars to get it installed. Ever. Through Evertoon's website, they have a variety of guitars that you can get from them where they will install the bridge at their factory mm-hmm. for you. I think some of the guitars even already have it installed, so the wait time is very is minimal. Um, off the top of my head, I'm drawing a blank as far as other brands that have Evertoon Bridges stock, but ESP-LTD is definitely one of those that, you know, is one of the brands that has it readily available.
0: So your recording setup what do you what do you using to record all your videos and
1: your songs? Um, so for for the audio component, excuse me. <sighs> oh yeah, <laughs> feel better. Uh, I am using a twenty seven inch MacBook Pro, a twenty eighteen model that my wife got me for Christmas. Bless her heart. Um, for an interface, I'm using a Focusrite Sapphire Pro twenty four. Uh, for 90% of my tones I'm using the Line 6 Helix, um, I go Spitif, so I keep it digital into the Sapphire Pro 24 so there's no conversion needed. However, for the DI track, um, I have a, I, I plug into a Radial Pro DI and then take the through into the input of the Helix um, and then I'm able to XLR into the Sapphire for the raw DI in case I want to reamp later. 90 percent of the time i don't need to reamp but i just like to have that raw di track so i don't have to uh think about it in case i don't end up liking the tone that i go with i try to dial it in properly from the from right from the get-go and uh, i use uh, pro tools i think the latest one is pro tools 12. whatever the latest one is that's what i'm using I, i've been using pro tools since pro tools 9 um, and i'm just used to at this point and that's my audio setup for 90% of the time. Um, I don't really record much vocals. If I do, I have some condenser mic that I can't even remember the, the name of the, the brand or anything like that. I bought it 15 years ago, and it's worked fine. And I don't use it enough to, to warrant me wanting to buy another mic. Uh, and that's my main setup, Spectraflex cables. All my cables are Spectraflex. I like that consistency. I think it's the OCD part of me. Um, and I think that's it for audio.
0: Do you edit all your own video and audio for your like gear reviews and all your songs?
1: Uh, up to this point, uh, yeah, up until Chop and Shred, yes. Wow. So Chop and Shred is basically two shows in one. Um, for the first part, which is the musical part slash the verbal, you know, review, uh, so it's a demonstration followed by a verbal review. That part is completely filmed by me. Directed, edited, so on and so forth. When I'm taping it, um, even on my YouTube channel before the first episode of Chop and Shred aired, I, you know, put out about 10 videos on my own personal YouTube channel before I partnered up with the Music Zoo. Everything was, you know, again directed, produced, edited by myself. Um, so the camera that I used for that footage, actually, the very first stuff, I was using an iPhone. Um, you know, my philosophy behind it was. Just get it started for so long you know I've been following all these guys like Ryan Bruce, you know fluff, um, Glenn Fricker, Ola England. they make these amazing looking and sounding videos and I always thought that I, anything I put out would have to be to that standard. but I said to myself one day I'm not going to delay any longer I'm just going to get started. So I started with an iPhone 4. now I use this zoom. So it's this guy. It's a Zoom Q8. It's very convenient. Small size, has the screen that turns around. You can plug XLR mics directly in. So it's very convenient. You can. Uh, it has these exchangeable microphones, so I can uh, put on a shotgun microphone. I could put on like a room-style microphone. Um, video quality isn't the greatest, but it's definitely better than an iPhone. Yeah, looks i don't cool. know about that now with the iphone 8 or x or whatever the latest model is but that's what i'm using now at some point i may upgrade for the cooking segments of it because it was much more involved as far as angles um because i really wanted to show people okay not you know i'm all right i'm showing you how to make sunny side up eggs but i want the camera angle to be able to go really deep into the pan so you can see what I'm talking about when I say something like when you make sunny side up eggs, don't let it get any crispy brown edges, something like that. I can't do that in a wide angle shot, which this camera is better suited for. So I did enlist the help of two friends, Aman Kosla and Tanya Ghosh, their uh, couple and... Uh, friends that live by me over here tanya is an amazing photographer aman is an amazing musician but also just great content pro- uh, producer himself so they kind of helped me produce and edit and direct the cooking segments and um, once i got that from them i kind of slapped the two together not kind of literally slapped the two hmm. together
0: who, who would you say is your biggest influences like the mount rushmore would you say of musicians that keep you going still today
1: Um, as far as musicians that still keep me going today, that's a good question. It's recently, I don't have, I have to be honest, I don't have a Mount Rushmore of musicians that I go to today. I think the past year my tastes have been very, very eclectic. Um, Still focused around the metal and the metal and rock genre. But when I was at NAMM, I was hanging out with some people that were, um, you know, listening to more hardcore, you know, old, old school, D.C. style hardcore. Um, before that, I was listening to a lot of I was listening to a lot of goat horror, actually, mm-hmm. I'm wearing their shirt right now. Um, two months ago, I was on this big 80s kick. So I was listening to a lot of Journey and early Van Halen and stuff like that. And right now, I've been listening to more podcasts than anything, um, so it always fluctuates. Now, as far as like just musical, straight up musical influences that left a lasting impression on myself, I would say Killswitch Engage is definitely one of them. Van Halen's definitely one of them. Um, Tool is definitely one of them, and this may sound like a cop out, but Metallica. I mean, if you listen to metal, it's got to be Metallica's got to be in there.
0: Van Halen and Metallica. You hit my top two right there. So
1: there, well, there you go. The two you biggest got good cop outs. <laughs> <my friend. laughs> um.
0: So you were the winner of Bobby Beat Bobby Flay. Was it? Was that an internet show?
1: Uh, no, that was actually a Food Network show. It was on TV. Yeah. Uh, so my episode aired. I think. It first aired three, four years ago. I can't I don't remember at this point, honestly. Um so I have done both Chopped and Beat Bobby Flay. I did Chopped a year before I did beat Bobby Flay. I had lost that, so I'm not gonna tell anyone what the name of that episode is. But that loss fueled the fury and anger going into Beat Bobby Flay. So a year later I went into the show Beat Bobby Flay which aired on Food Network. I was the only winner for season one and I went in just not really giving a damn. I just did not care. I said to Bobby Flay is known for for Tex-Mex and he's especially known for for his tacos. So I said if I'm gonna go into his show I'm gonna go straight for his throat um, and I challenged him to a taco challenge and came out victorious. That's awesome,
0: man. So is this something you've always wanted to be in front of the camera working on social media, being on TV, or is this something that you've been kind of pulled into because you've had opportunities? How's this, how's it been for you?
1: Definitely from my first memory, I've always wanted to be a star of some sort. I've always wanted, I've always enjoyed attention. You know, I grew up, I I mentioned I have a half brother, but I basically grew up as an only child. And um in my early years we moved around a lot. So I didn't have a lot of friends because I, I moved around a lot. And I always craved attention. Um I always wanted to to be in movies and TV and things like that, but my parents absolutely did not want me to take any part of that. So when I would ask them, Hey, can you take me to uh go audition for such and such such and such movie part or something, like it's something I want to get into, they would say, Absolutely not, wow. or if I said uh, yeah, if I said um, if I want to, uh, hey, Dad, I want to, um, I, I want to be a news anchor one day. My dad would say, absolutely not. You know, it, it was always doctor, a lawyer, or be a police officer or a firefighter or something. I mean, n- not to put down any of those careers by any means, but you know, something a bit more generic, I guess you could say, as far as career fields go. Yeah,
0: something respect- respectable or honorable, like an old school right, kind of job. Right.
1: Yeah. Judge, you know, judge on the Supreme Court or something like that. Um, and the thought of doing, of, of any type of fame or popularity or things like that, of course, as a young child, you're going to dream about it. And, 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 uh, that's what you're kind of striving for in your mind. But, uh, it kind of went on the back burner at some point. It's something that I had always wanted to pursue in some way. The thought of being, popular and famous was was something cool at the time not that it's something I shy away from but I just think I'm a generally photogenic kind of outspoken kind of happy person and um, I just couldn't stay away from wanting to be on camera with that said though uh, There was a point in my life where I just didn't care and if I found that when I stopped caring is kind of when things started to happen oddly enough
0: I was gonna actually ask you. So, how has your your approach to social media, to all this stuff, changed since you started it out? And it sounds like that's part of it is not trying too hard, or you know, being genuine. That's a big part of it,
1: right? So, uh, you know, people who are listening to the past five minutes may think, "Wow, this Brian guy really is like a cocky, you know, uh, fame-seeking uh, leech," but. Um, I, again, I think it's one of those things when you're a young kid, you want to be Batman or Superman, you know, it's something kind of outlandish. And as you get older, you kind of accept the reality of, of what your situation is. And, you know, you have to kind of be a bit more grounded. But with that said, um, it always gave me a goal to strive for. And at some point I just realized I'm, I'm more miserable trying to grab something that is, that is not natural i guess you could say it's not natural to be famous or it's not natural to to have that kind of attention you know um and the moment i stopped caring and trying too hard and i just started being myself and started being more concerned with the situation at hand and and what i and valuing what i already have again is when i feel like things kind of started to come together it's um when I stopped caring about TV is when I uh, when when is when I beat Bobby. When I, I didn't care about winning. I just went in saying to myself, I'm gonna do the best I possibly can. I'm gonna challenge him to something that's gonna be a bit shocking, but I didn't do it to shock people on television. I did it for myself and to, to kind of scare the hell out of him. Like, holy crap, this guy has the balls to challenge me to something like that. I did it for my own satisfaction. and. Um, Same thing with my whole social media. I started social media because, one, I started, I think uh, I really started social media with Instagram. Uh, It was one of my older restaurants. We were all having a break, and uh, the staff and myself were sitting at this table, and they were talking about this new, relatively new app called Instagram, and they showed it to me, and they said, you should use it to self-promote yourself. So I said to myself, oh, I could use this to promote the restaurant to to improve business. And um my pictures were shitty but I didn't care. It was just about taking a few pictures and hopefully someone will think the picture of this food was del- is delicious and then I realized, wait, I can use this as an extension of myself. I can use this as a tool for people to see who I am. And again, when I stopped caring, when I stopped trying too hard is when I kind of found my identity. I realized, oh, I don't have to be this I don't only need to be a chef. I can be Brian, the chef and guitar player and family man. I stopped posting photos of my family on social media at some point, um, just because I want to keep the two separate. I, I really value the privacy of my family life. But there was a time where it just, I and, and, and now I have the social media page that I have now, and it's not a huge following either, but I find that my followers are very loyal and very into what i'm doing and 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 that's all that matters is you know if you care you care and hey come along for the ride and let's have fun together
0: you've got a ton already going on um with the new podcast the charity Uh, is there anything and moving forward that you still are looking at and going okay this is one of the things on my list that i I want to start implementing into my whole game i've got going already
1: um that that's a great question actually so for myself I'll give you a little story. I always like to tell stories. Uh, I always had a bucket list. I always had a list of to-do, and I still have a to-do list. I, always have, I used to always have this uh, list of accomplishments I needed to obtain at some point, things that I needed to check off. And one of those things was to defeat an Iron Chef. Bobby Flay's an Iron Chef. I went on to that show, I defeated him, and I literally felt nothing. I literally, I I became depressed after a couple of weeks because one of these things on my bucket on the very top of my bucket list has just been crossed off. Now what do I go towards? You know, um, sure, okay. Now I can try to be an Iron Chef myself, which I'm not, which I have I, I do not care about. I'm not trying to accomplish that. But it's just when you knock something that big off your list, it's like what do I do now? And then at some point I realized. For myself, everyone's a little different. Um, I don't need a bucket list. Like I need a general direction and, and I need for that to stay positive. I need that to be progressive, but I'm going to let the road kind of define itself. Never in my life did I think I'd be going to NAM. Never in my life did I think I'd be hanging with some of the people that I hang with. And uh now they're and now I don't look at them as these are the famous people I hang with. I look at them as, oh, these are my buddies and this is just this is just the path that my life has taken me on. This is this is the person I'm hanging with right now because that's this is where I'm meant to be at the very moment. So you know, if I don't accomplish anything further, so be it. I'm perfectly happy and content with being a father and a family man, but I just think because of the personality I have and just the amount of general energy that I have, I'm always going to be trying to find some other hustle and some other thing to strive towards. What it is, I don't know. I have a general direction and that's about it. So um, mental health and suicide prevention is something I'm very passionate about. It's something that I plan to continue on working with. But if you asked me five years ago, do you think you would ever host, co-host with the vocalist of one of your favorite bands and a Food Network judge? Hell no. Not in a million years. So who knows what the future holds for me.
0: That's amazing stuff. Yeah. I'm the exact same way as far as lists and crossing things off. And it, you, they, There's a, th- a saying that people need three things in life. They need someone to love, something to do, and something to hope for. And when you start crossing off these big bucket list things – you lose that something to hope for. It's like, that's something big that people like me and you are always pushing. We're always thinking what's the next thing. And once you cross these big things off, it's like, uh, you you start wondering like, what's next? Like, that's an interesting thing to to consider.
1: Right. Right. I mean, so for yourself, um, like where do you see yourself going? I mean, you have a pretty big following on Instagram yourself. And uh, this past NAM was your first NAMM?
0: I've been probably uh, five times, six times. I've been going. I have a friend who owns a company, American Recorder, and they sell all kinds of mis- miscellaneous musician accessories. And he gets me in every year. He offers me tickets. So oh, cool. I've been fortunate enough to be going, I think, since 2011. I've missed a couple in the, in the middle there, though.
1: Right, right, right. Cool, man.
0: But yeah, same thing. I never expected to be going to Nam and and starting these like Metallica themed months and having thousands of people from all over the world talking about. I mean, where these paths that we we find ourselves led down sometimes are it's incredible,
1: right? And I think um, you can't. Th- those are things you can't plan. Again, you can have that general direction, but there are so many. There are so many. Um, what's the word i'm looking for there's so many variables in life things that you cannot control so when you spend all that energy and time trying to control things that you can't rather than just kind of letting it happen i'm not saying like let's live in anarchy and you know not not <laughs> not be organized but just in general you kind of have to be prepared for anything um in my line of work the key thing to success is consistency uh I'd hate to use this example but the reason why McDonald's is as successful as it is is because of consistency the burger you have in New York will be the same burger you have in Florida will be the same burger you have in Toronto so on and so forth right mm-hmm. the general quality will be the same here as it is in Asia so you know exactly what you're receiving when people come to dine at my restaurant uh at Beauty in Essex you know they need to know every time we dine here it's going to i it's going to be this smashing amazing meal um so that when they refer it to their friends and their friends come for the first time they know they're getting this amazing delicious meal so on and so forth so my hardest the hardest part of my job but the key to the success is that consistency is making sure the 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 dish that came out in the beginning of the night when the cooks are full of energy to the dish that comes out at the end of the night when the dish are borderline in tears because of how busy it was is the same quality. Um, and I don't know how I, I do this all the time. I don't know how I got into this tangent, but that's that that that's one of the the keys. Oh, I'm sorry. So we were talking about, I was talking about variables. So again, you don't know what variables are going to hit you to steer you into a different direction. But if you don't, if you close yourself off because you're so set on this one plan, you're also closing your off, yourself off to other opportunities.
0: I think a big part of it is doing what you love, being genuine with it. And then you're going to be surrounded by people and opportunities and doors are going to open, like you said, that you never even expected. And you're going to find yourself going down paths that are going to make you more successful. But it's got to all be genuine and it's got to be, you know, something you love or, or else like you're saying, the consistency, you got to show up, you got to put in the long hours. You got to, you know, as a chef getting uh, tired at the end of the night, like you're talking about, you got to have some fire in you to want to even do it or it's not going to work out in the first place.
1: Right. I mean, mean, look at all these people who set world records or do these amazing feats or start these multi-billion dollar companies. What you and I, the average person ends up seeing is the result of, of all those hours blood sweat and tears and it seems so easy but man like they had to close themselves off and open themselves to this opportunity that opportunity i always say that um, my success is built on the fi- on the bricks left behind the failures of my broken dreams um, that's, that's something I, I tell a lot of people who ask me about how I got to where, where I am. Well, I learned more from my failures than from my successes, honestly. Um, so, yeah, it's absolutely about one part going with the flow, one part having a plan, and one part just having a fire in yourself to, to keep you motivated. Because again, as I mentioned, all those people that you see accomplishing world records and having all this success, man, they had that fire to keep driving them even though they kept on hitting a wall, even though they kept on having people telling them that they can't move any further. Well, it's about how do you push yourself to 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 break down those barriers, right? Mm-hmm.
0: Um, in New York, you're surrounded by good food, good music. I'm sure people come through all the time. I want to know about what your favorite pizza is in New York. But first, um, what 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 are some of the best concerts you've seen? What are your favorites that have come through the area? I mean, everybody comes through there.
1: Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah, I mean, I'm definitely lucky in that regard. We have so many cool shows over here. Um, One of the greatest shows I had ever seen in my entire life is, of course, uh, when Guns N' Roses came through town. They were playing in Jersey, which, you know, might as well be New York. They were playing at the MetLife Stadium. Ama- people some people may flame me after i just said yeah. that who, who gives a shit anyway i saw guns N' roses on the not in this lifetime tour in in jersey at the metlife stadium amazing show absolutely mind-blowing show um i saw periphery on the juggernaut tour that was a, a mind-blowing show as well uh he sounded amazing i mean like to like they sounded just like the record to the t it was unbelievable i've seen them many other times after that too they've also sounded amazing but that show that tour really left an impact on me that was the first time i had seen them live uh another show that really left a huge impact wasn't even in new york was in in l.a when marty friedman was playing and i wasn't even expecting to to go watch him but a buddy of mine's like yeah we're gonna go to the whiskey and uh watch marty friedman that show i I, literally i swear to you I hold in as much rega- high regard as I do to the Guns and Roses show. Really? It was such a small a way smaller show, but it was just that much fun. It was that amazing. It was that well executed and just entertaining, but displaying so much technique, but also having so, so much feel and it wasn't just Marty who was amazing, it was the entire band. Um yeah, it was definitely that was one of my top shows. Uh, those are the ones that really stand out on the top of my head. Um, I think another one that really left the lasting impact was uh, Our Lady Peace, a uh, Canadian band. And I saw that was one of my first shows when I was six, 16 years old.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It was quite a while ago. Um, and I, I don't know what Our Lady Peace has been doing since then, but that was way back in the day. Another show that left a really lasting impression.
0: I think I know the answer to the next question, but um, what's your favorite thing to do when you're not playing guitar?
1: Uh, it's not cooking. <laughs> <laughs> um, I before I answer that question, I've always loved cooking. It's something I'd always done, and it's definitely that thing that uh, that I that I would do on my free time. I just love to cook. Even before this whole world of, of celebrity chefs and food network, things like that, it's always something I'd like to do. Now that it's my career, and I do it day in and day out, you know honestly, the, my favorite thing to do when I am not doing music and or cooking is spending time with my family. You know I love being a father, love being a husband. Um, I, I just I just love that atmosphere, you know, and my daughter's two and a half years old right now. She's so much fun to hang around with and um she's just it's amazing to watch this bag of flesh and bones and hair and fluids transform you know grow and you literally see this transformation and growth and self-awareness and developing creativity my daughter dances to music when no one had you can hear in the background that's right funny now.
0: right when we started talking about it <laughs> the first time we heard her
1: she's like dad stop talking about me <laughs> um to see her dance to music when she the fir- to see her dance to music to the for the first time when she had never heard music before or no one showed her how to dance, but oh, you, see, you see her there? Yeah, Creeping. there she
0: comes. She wants you to play hey, some songs so- for her, probably. Oh,
1: what's wrong? Here, you're on the podcast. Hi. Hi. Say hi. What's wrong?
0: Who is this guy? Is he in the outer space?
1: <laughs> um, to see her, again, like move her body to the rhythm and you see somebody do that for the first time, it's really fascinating <laughs> to see her learn words and then put – words together. Like you would teach her colors and you would teach her something like this is a car. And then one day out of the blue, you're walking on the street and you see her, you see a yellow cab pass by and she goes yellow car. It, seeing things like that is really fascinating and, and fun for me. So spending time with this one.
0: She Does she like your guitar playing?
1: Uh, yeah, she actually knows. So she knows what this is. Ah. Oh. Uh, let me shout out to Dunlop for these Custom Tortex picks. Thank you guys. You guys are the bomb.
0: Oh, those are awesome.
1: She's reaching for a pick herself. Here, take this one, sweetie. Yeah. Can you show the camera? Yeah. Guitar Ooh. pick. So she knows that you use that to strum. The, she knows you use that to strum a guitar. She's she's gonna. Trust she you knows you put it in your mouth when you're when you're tapping. Okay. Thank you. Oh, you he's serious. gonna do
0: a solo for us. That means. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Good job, sweetie. Um, Okay, another no, one. Trying to do a podcast. Strum <laughs> the guitar over there play the guitar. Okay. Okay. Here, play the guitar. Play that one. She also loves to turn the knobs on my pedals. Ah. It's fine. Pedals are off. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, they're yeah. She's strumming. Uh.
0: She might come guitar, up with though. some interesting tones for you, though. You never know.
1: Yeah. Yeah. True that. Maybe. Maybe that's a new trend I should start. I should do that as a one-off video. Baby tones,
0: Toddler tones.
1: Toddler tones. There yeah, we go. Her, yeah, and see what happens. All right, now we're going to turn on all the pedals and see what we get. I like
0: that. <laughs> all right, Brian. Well, I mean, um, where should people go to check out your stuff? I know Chef Brian Tsao, T-S-A-O is how you spell his last name, on Instagram, yes. right?
1: Uh, yeah, so it's uh, – <laughs> On uh, Instagram, Twitter, you can find me at Chef Brian Sao, spelled T-S-A-O. On um, Facebook, uh, you can just type in Chef Brian Sao. I'll probably be the first one that pops up. And uh, also at themusiczoo.com. Go on to YouTube, type in Chef Brian Sao. You'll see my old web series with metal injection. Type in Chef Brian Sao, Chop and Shred. That's my new web series. And those are the main platforms you guys can find me on.
0: All right, Dude, Brian, thanks so much, man. I appreciate you putting out some time and talking with me. And it was awesome to hear about your, your history and your gear and your family and cooking and everything, man. Thanks so much.
1: Yeah, it was a blast, man. It was, it was great to talk to you. I'm looking forward to seeing you at the next Nam. I'll be there. And uh, yeah, till then, take care, bro. Cool, you do the same. See you later. All right, man. See you later.
0: Hey, thanks so much for watching, guys. Check out the links in the description below to follow my guest today. Um, Check out Iron Age Accessories, link down in the description, guitarguts.com, at guitarguts on Instagram. Please subscribe on iTunes and YouTube, and I love the hell out of you guys. Thanks so much for watching, and I'll see you guys soon.